All right. Welcome, everybody, to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted source for all things Ashes of Creation. I am your host, Seymourg, and I am joined today by my fellow Pathfinders. Daedalus, welcome back. Hey, everyone. And we are also joined by Faisal. Said it right. What up? <laughs> Wondering Mist. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, Good evening. No holding me accountable today, Miss. That bad habit's been broken. Broken? Broken. Hey, I'm I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. I know. Two <laughs> weeks running, or is it three? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. And we'll go with two Get for to sure. the end of the podcast, and then we can sell it. Okay? I know. There we go. <laughs> I, every every time I like I'm about to say his name, I have like a split second of being contemplative about it. Going, Mist is judging you if you get this wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so get it right, or he'll call you out. Like I'm like, which I which I appreciate, by the way. Just want to make it that help clear. If I saw... <laughs> Break stuff? No, it would not. <laughs> we turn this whole damn show into a Limp biscuit song. We don't need that, man. This is my eternal protector of my name. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome, welcome everybody in chat. Welcome back, everybody. Pathfinders Crusaders, you're all very welcome here. I just want to give a shout out to all of you who dropped by this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this past week, I have found myself so uninterested in streaming most things. And I'm just like Oh, what should I stream today? I'm like, I'm just gonna like stream some ashes, even though I can't play it. I'm just gonna like talk about it because that's fun. Versus what mm -hmm. I was thinking about doing, which was playing um, games that frustrate me, which we're not gonna talk about. So we had <laughs> this week. We have a new month of cosmetics. We're not gonna spend a lot of time about it, but I know we do have some discussion points briefly to talk about it. One is it's the theme is Might of the Merc. I just want to give a shout out because this. I've always, like, I've talked about this before, right? The Renkai orc. I've yes. always been like, yo, everything about their culture reminds me of, like, the Japanese and Bushido, right? Like, that whole, like, honor system and all of that. And then I looked at these yeah. cosmetics and I was like, dude, totally had the vibes for me anyway. Like, the housing cosmetic mm -hmm. did, the... uh the outfit did. I mean, homeboy's even holding a samurai sword. Come on, man. I don't know. Any quick thoughts about these cosmetics? They're murky. Jungle samurai. Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I think they look cool. I mean, I have to agree with the kind of the swamp thing reference that's been floating around the interwebs. But I think that you know, I, I do like it. Um, and And I think, you know, they definitely have got a nice cohesive aesthetic here. It's not what I expected for Renkai, um, but I can, like you were saying, I can definitely see the influence here. And it, especially, I, I I thought it was pretty wild that an alligator, you know, dragging the boat slash, I guess, caravan slash, I don't know what that is. It's like it's on skis and yeah, that that's a, a little, there's a lot to unpack on that one. Yeah, true about you. I know Mist, you had a point. I'm showing this to everybody here um, on the show. They can see it right now. Covered all of our faces, but you guys can see these cosmetics. You haven't seen them yet. But yeah, and Mist, you had a point about the housing stuff, I think. Well, I'll let Faisal say his piece first, and then I'll all ask right. the, the ultimate question. Sounds the ultimate. Only onto the sled, huh? <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. 
<laughs> said the ultimate question, <laughs> really? Okay, okay, but FaZe, go ahead. Uh, what's it called? Um, I think the cosmetics looks really nice. The the shoulder piece um, also made me think it was a headpiece at first. Uh, I didn't think it was a shoulder piece at all. Um, then when I saw it, it looks really nice. Even though if it, if it's a shoulder nor or a headpiece, they, they, it it looks not nice regardless. Um, the main cosmetics of the Rankai orcs, or as like this is the first ever iteration we ever seen and how the orcs might actually look like, which I really enjoyed, disregarding the actual skins of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they don't, um, maybe it's just me, but I don't think if they're, they're like beefy enough or like if you look at other MMORPGs, usually orcs are the big, chunky, huge ass meat uh, lugs as they are uh to be um this one makes them look slim i don't know if it's the clothes or it's the or just the way that they 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 built them so but i nonetheless i really do like all the aesthetics of of it all right on (laughs) all right We've shown enough of that, but yeah, why don't you go ahead and fill us in, Mist? You had an idea about this. So, this is, I think this is the first time we have seen what I would consider to be biome-specific mm-hmm. uh, cosmetics. Like, it's clearly the swamp aesthetic. You're not going to find it in, like, a desert plains or anything like that, or, like, a frozen wasteland. So... It begs the question, we've got a a freehold cosmetic in there. What happens if you put that freehold cosmetic into a, say, desert biome or a forest biome or something along those lines? Will it just have this, like, moss-covered, swampy freehold in the middle of a desert, or will it change accordingly? Hmm. So kind of like camouflage, will it kind of adjust to the environment? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and this is something, so Faisal and I were just on uh, Giants podcast and we were discussing this. Is mm-hmm. what we see in that cosmetic, is that just an example of like a biome specific, but then if you put it in a different biome, it will change? Or is it literally going to be that exact kind of cosmetic that you then can put into any biome? Right. And how would that work? Hmm. So real quick, do you all actually know? I mean, from from my perspective, I don't see them doing that. I, I can see it like just I think what you get is what you're getting to apply to your freehold. They haven't really given any indicators that for us to believe differently. But uh, I, I was curious about this as well. And I actually was talking about this yesterday when we were forming some additional questions for today's show. Uh, and, um, in chat, we had somebody Wembley who actually asked this question as well, which was, are you going to be able to wear that shoulder along with that cosmetic outfit? Like, could you wear them both? Would it like cover over one shoulder or is there going to be something about that particular cosmetic outfit that, you know, you can't like do both? Like how, what kind of, what kind of like slots do we get for cosmetics is what I'm thinking. Cause if you're putting this in, I mean, how many games have we seen where you have an outfit, you throw it in your character sheet. And it like applies that to you, but rarely do you get like a high high level of variety for 
for multiple types of like cosmetics. Now, I mean, you do in like a an outfit system or like a wardrobe system or something, but usually when you just throw a skin on, it's kind of whatever the outfit is. Something to think about. Well, Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, way back like when early days of um, Kickstarter, I think there was discussion of having cosmetic type slots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there that's going to be a thing. Um, but kind of just thinking through what Mist said about the biomes, and I think that's that's got me a little on edge. Like kind of thinking through that question because I'm you know thinking. We've all been in those situations where we're looking at somebody's transmog and it looks like hot garbage. I'm just wondering with all these different, you know, building skins, if you're going to have freeholds that have that same type of aesthetic, right? And I, I mean that in a bad way. Like you've got, okay, well, I'm, I want to use, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this particular one from Dark Allegiances and this one from, you know, Might of the Merc and this one. And then you, you pretty much got this hodgepodge of things. It just doesn't make sense. Right. Or is there going to be some limitations on there? So I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see what the devs say about that. Um, just because it's it's starting to make me think of, you know, what type of restrictions or will there be restrictions? And if there aren't, you know, what does that necessarily mean from an immersion standpoint for, you know, people that are kind of walking by a freehold? Or is it just, you know your character only can see those skins, which I think would be a different problem. Mm. Yeah. Wembley in chat was, yeah, I would definitely agree to uh, encourage you to ask this question. You, they usually give like this window of opportunity for people to actually ask questions for the live stream. And that, I think questions like that are, are really good to ask, but I don't know. I feel like there's also some, some of these types of questions that we ask that I don't know if they necessarily even know yet because until they get to the a certain point in the designing of different parts of the game, you know, it's kind of a cross that bridge when we get to it thing. And what are our, what are the possibilities? Right. I don't think you can have that attitude when it's a paid product. I like, mean, you, you can't just, you can't put something on sale and then suddenly change the way it functions after the fact, after people have bought it. Yeah. I, I don't think that's fair. They need to sort this out right now. They, and they need to make it clear to the players when you buy this free whole com- cosmetic, oh, okay, this yeah. is what's going to happen in game, right. so that people can be informed. So then, yeah, I agree. With that. Yeah, with that being said, then this is going to this specific one about outfits, because like Wembley was talking about. Also, there was like the what? There's like the ring. There's like the belt. There's like a backpack or something. Right at one point, there's been like headdresses. I think there's the shoulder. What else is there? I can't think of anything else offhand, but those are the ones I can think of offhand. I agree. I agree. That's Jewelry actually a really good and point. Rings, right? Yeah. And rings. Because I don't think we've gotten like a really solid answer on this yet, have we? Mm-hmm. Have that we? is true. Yeah, that's actually like, a good point. We haven't really because like as you guys said, like there's very specific cosmetics that are very tiny to see. And they haven't really shed light. Like in the store, they kind of sold people rings and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if people people are going to like, oh, look at my ring in the specific emote. You know, I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, because there's like so many different systems where you could do. We, they, I know that they talked for uh, on one of the shows, 
one of the live streams like months and months back. And it was uh, talking about, well, actually, no, I take that back. They didn't really talk about that too much, too much uh, or very specifically. But I'm thinking of like outfit styles. Like you think you think Elder Scrolls Online, World of Warcraft's got one. I mean, a lot of games have them, right? And they have different variations of how these outfit systems work. Like even Arcade, mm -hmm. like there's like you throw it on, you get this outfit from like the cash shop or whatever. You throw it on and it's just whatever that looks like. Like there's no... Yeah you can wear an additional piece to like overlap the shoulder as well. But then you got systems like uh, wardrobe systems or like transmog systems where you can basically go in and change every piece of the outfit. But then you got, you know, got that specific thing where it's, well, we have a system like this, but it only ties into gear you've earned in the game. And then we've also got a system in the same game where cosmetics, but you can only apply uh, actually, the Elder Scrolls Online does this too. Um, they have like what they consider costumes, and then they have like this outfit station where you can change all of your gear. And the gear can um, be crafting style stuff. These like uh, appearance collection hey. motif sort of pages or whatever you can get from things do, now. Do you, mean, do you mean like leathered armor? So something like oh, yeah. you have your armor like mm -hmm. set here that. Mm -hmm. that like your main armor stats are on, then you have something on top of it that covers everything. Yeah, you just make it look like whatever piece of gear you want it to. Yeah, yeah. whatever piece you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh... The paper doll is so confusing, which if, yeah. And yeah, so Final Fantasy uh, 14 has Glamour System. There's just different yes. ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you've got like... And then, and then the thing about the Elder Scrolls Online with their system is it's really... It's really, there's like a lot of layers. I feel like it's a little, I feel like there's like too many layers to it a bit because there's like, okay, well, I can craft this type of gear so I can make it. I can also uh, collect these style pages and I can use that. And then they're like all account wide, but then you, there's just, yeah. And then you can wear like, you can make, you know, you can be all medium gear, but you can make it look like a mix of medium, light and heavy if you want to. So there's really not like a lot of restrictions for that one. But anyway, a lot of people that start playing when they're like collecting this, they get really confused about what they can and they can't do in the outfit station. Yeah. I feel like that system, like I get it because I've had to deal with it for a while, but, um, but anyway, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, I'm, I'm really, I've done good at avoiding a particular topic in chat that would have uh, really derailed us a bit, but so we'll talk briefly though about, the might of the Merc. So there's a, uh, we showed it over the screen. So there's basically the traditional, you get like a mount, there's like a pet, there's the freehold appearance, uh, there's an outfit, and then there's like a caravan uh, cosmetic. And then you, we always have like one that's like buried and the shoulder fits into that buried one. Sometimes it's a ring or a pouch or whatever. Yes. But, but moving on, I want to touch on some of the stuff related to our last video. Now I'm not going to be able to tie all of the comments in directly to our last episode. Um, but there were a few comments that were uh, added to um, the last YouTube video or the podcast as it was posted there on YouTube. Uh, keep in mind, we also have this on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean, <clears throat> as well as here live and, and on YouTube where we're cataloging them. Um, but there was one comment, uh, this wasn't on the YouTube, but this was by Woodchip, uh, kind of talking about open world PVP 
and how that fits into, you know, kind of the lore element. Now, this was also discussed on the Golden Feathers podcast yesterday. So check it out if you didn't. They kind of elaborated that on that there. We'll be tying this question or this point directly into another uh, conversation piece. Same thing for uh, Barrows, who had left this for the last podcast, talking about large guild versus guild combat, castle sieging, kind of like different group makeups and world uh, PvP and combat and things like that. These two uh, specific talking points, I think you're going to see us talking about possibly in the next episode, maybe maybe one or two from now. But I do want to touch on these. So Anne had left a comment saying, love your podcast. been watching for about two years. Well, thank you for two years, first of all. Uh, can't wait to play AOC. Just a thought on the alpha testing drama. All alpha one backers have been told earliest access, quote unquote. This is not alpha one yet. It's pre-alpha testing. So people need to chill. And I agree. Scotty had talked about a directional blocking system uh, and gave an example related to For Honor. Now, last episode, we were talking about uh, active blocking. And that was like one of our conversation pieces, right? And um, now, if you don't know about For Honor, I actually had mentioned For Honor. And I'm just going to explain it briefly. So in For Honor, there's like a directional blocking system. Meaning, mm. you know, if the if you're, you know, one-on-one against an opponent or whatever, and you see them attacking you, you can always tell which direction they're attacking, like kind of coming from the right, the left, overhead, or whatever. And so you actually have to rotate to block in that direction. Um, it sounds great in theory, but I know a lot of people are like, oh, please, no. Oh, please, no, not in an MMO. What are your guys' I, I, thoughts about a blocking system like that? I'm going to go with please no as well. <laughs> it's, it's not really a good idea because for honor, the thing about for honor is it's a 4v4. It's not an MMORPG. When you're talking about the MMORPG, you're talking about big scale. Mm-hmm. About 10 people all at once. Yep. Imagine that three crosshead being read all the time. <laughs> so you won't know how to dodge it. Mm-hmm. Dodge any attack or parry. Um, that that's the first and second is, um, there's also a uh, a bluff system in For Honor, in which case you want to attack, but you stop the attack and try to hit it from a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, if he parries at that time, you have an like a hundred percent of an opportunity to attack him from a different uh, angle. Um, and uh, what's it called? The third point is, um, what's it called? Usually, you have to lock on into one enemy. When mm-hmm. you're playing an MMORPG, you would be focusing not about just one person, like a tank or a healer or a fighter. You would be focusing on all of them, mm-hmm. looking at a third-person view. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but... I think it won't work, honestly. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, I I brought this up before. I had I didn't play a whole ton of For Honor, but from what I remember of it, it was very much a realistic mm-hmm. uh, combat simulator where you've got these very kind of almost slow motion attack animations, very heavy hitting. And for something like that, yes, directional bossing can work because the whole pace of the game is quite slowed down compared mm-hmm. to your average MMORPG, which is relatively fast these days. So I, I, I don't think that 
the directional blocking would work just because of the speed of the combat. Yeah, that's the part I come back to is like the speed of the combat, which is I think what we talked about last time too. Um, also, uh, Gold Mecro, who by the way followed recently, so had talked about trying to make it on Sunday. So if you're here, homie, rock on, mm-hmm. man. Uh, had said, oh yeah, you actually joined over, which is joining is like subscribing here on Twitch. It's like financial support. So shout out. Thank you for that. I don't have very many of those over there. Much love. Uh, but actually gold Mecro had made a note around Mist had a, one ex- a specific example about active lock, uh, in a game. And th- he actually brought up some others, <clears throat> the forest oblivion, Skyrim, ESO arc Atlas life is futile. By the way, Life is Fuel MMO. Oh man, that launch. Oof. That's that was yeah, a that was brutal. That was, was so brutal. <laughs> I was I was one of I decided to like help create content for it in their content creator program when it launched. And the first week of that, and I was like, no, I no thank you. I I retract that. I don't wanna I was right on out of that. I was like, this was the worst. I, I don't say this very often, okay? But that was an example of the worst MMO launch I have ever experienced. No joke. Yes. Did that True know story. <laughs> that was the, the oh. worst. And I've had a lot of MMO launch experiences. That one is takes that unfortunate trophy, I guess, if you want to give it a trophy. Uh, I guess that's a positive. You won something. Uh, let's go on, though. You, you had uh, also talked about uh, no other systems might be so fun. That's just brushed under the carpet, but the system in itself will still be bland and unskilled. Having exclusivity, played tanks and WoW. Once the ability to lose aggro due to healing or DPS basically disappeared, it became a very boring system. Now, simply Luca in chat said, "What do you think of blocking and additional shield passes for an ESO?" So the Sigic Order is a um, I wouldn't say it's a guild. It's it's an order, a guild. It's like a um, in-game NPC kind of like uh, uh, community guild, whatever you want to call it order and you can level up a skill line with them much like you can the thieves guild uh the um uh the dark brotherhood and, and stuff like that and in this one there's an, a passive point you can put in where when you block you get an additional uh damage bubble so it absorbs additional damage what do you guys think of systems like that in an mmorpg so i explain it again so i all right so you've got like a let's say you've got like an in-game like a thieves guild and let's say part of that thieves guild is by leveling up you unlock certain perks you can put that into uh a passive and basically when you block not only do you have like what your normal block stats are but you also have like an additional bubble that'll absorb we've seen this in lots of games yeah it's like in in wow trinkets will do it you know there's a lot of different games where it'll do stuff like that for a certain period okay. of time, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's not very interesting because the thing about that is, uh, and systems like that, is they don't actually change your gameplay. Hmm. They have an effect, but it doesn't change what you're doing. Like You hmm. still block the same. It's just adding an extra layer of defenses on top of the already blocking skill that you're doing. So, I mean, at that point, you might as well think, well, why not just get rid of that extra passive entirely and just put it all into the block skill, hmm. um, the basic block. You don't, you don't like RNG, though. 
I do not like RNG. RNG has its place, but I do not like it. What a... Uh... (laughs) But that's... Yeah, but that's another whole... I can rant for ages about RNG. Don't get me wrong, but I won't. We're gonna we're gonna tie this one, I think, into man. I have a feeling we're gonna tie all this in together in the next episode about on combat or something. Oh, it's a good name for the next episode on combat. Anyway, um, let's dig into community discussion points around what we're all here for to primarily talk about today, which is the artisanship system. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, but first, did you guys see that uh, tweet that Stephen posted? The uh, I guess his partner John, uh, had had made like a cake. Oh yes. yeah, that was that was like, pretty awesome, that was pretty yeah, legit. Yeah. That was pretty cool, man. And it's Stephen's birthday recently, by the way. So if you want to go show him some love, feel free. But uh, we're gonna dig into talking about. So here's my question to you guys, right? We're just gonna I'm gonna tie in some of the Reddit stuff. I had asked this question on Reddit. Um, I'm gonna tie in some of the discussion points collected over the past week or so. Yeah, that cake was like awesome, right, chat? It was amazing, right? Um, but here's the question. What do you find to be really well, like an example of a really well-developed um, leveling system for a profession or artisan class in an MMO? Your favorite example. You know what? Hmm. You know what? I actually did a video on this recently on my channel about crafting. It was mostly focused on World of Warcraft. And the main conclusion I have about crafting in World of Warcraft is that while you're leveling, it is completely pointless. Because literally everything that you can make in crafting is worse than anything you get from questing or from dungeons and takes more time on top of it. So if you're going to have crafting make it worthwhile for people to do while leveling. I would maybe caveat that there's only a couple of professions that I would say are worth doing while you're leveling, and that's jewel crafting and enchanting. Because that does help. I mean, it's marginal still, I agree, but it does help to have that um, profession, but it's it's not like, you know, make or break if you don't have it but that would be the only one that I would say maybe mm. slightly free. But I think, honestly, World of Warcraft in general has always been, you know, to me, just mm. not very interesting in terms of crafting. I mean, outside of when there was maybe some perks for crafting, I thought that was, you know, kind of a neat thing to do. I I haven't really run into a game where I really enjoyed the crafting. All of them tended to feel grindy. They tended to feel like they didn't really matter as much. Um, I I keep hearing when Jeff talks about crafting, it's very much like Star Wars Galaxies, and it's been a minute since I played Star Wars Galaxies, so I'm still trying to remember how that was, because I wasn't really as involved in it as some of my gaming friends were, so if anyone has any thoughts on that, I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about what they think about that crafting system. Um, I'm in the same boat with Daedalus, really. I played Star Wars Galaxies, but it was a very long time ago. Um, so, what about you guys in Mist? Actually, just jumping in here real quick. What I don't understand about all the crafting systems of all the MMOs I've played is they focus on quantity rather than quality. Like, you must make 
dozens and dozens and dozens of the same item that you're never going to use and you just vendor to a to an npc whereas i i don't know what it was like in star wars galaxies but i'd like a system that rewards you for making less but quality items uh less quantity more quality i'd like that and I think that will go a long way to improving the crafting experience for a lot of people. But if you're gonna like, how are you gonna change it to quality? Because like, mm. the norms of MMORPGs is going to the crafting bench, crafting a lot of that weapon, and selling it to that merchant. And it's always been that dilemma. <laughs> you gotta change something from that equation in order to make it about quality. Yeah, well, you you change the entire system, and but I just I find it sad that I spam these like I make so many of these items that are all the same that I can never use, and I just I literally the only reason I make so many items is to level up my crafting. Mm. That's it, and mm -hmm. it, it kind of defeats the point of crafting if you're only making items to level up a craft. One thing that I do like about what I'm hearing about world of warcraft coming up is having the ability to have multiple professions work in tandem to kind of add like if i'm making a sword and i want to have it have a specific stat i'm going to other professions to get a said item to put in in kind of an enchantment slot or something like that i do like that i'm sure it's going to be the same way to level right i just make a bunch of things that are the take the least amount of materials to get my ranks up and then kind of work with it from there at, at end game. Um, but yeah, just to kind of speaking to what folks are saying in chat. Yeah. I mean, the inspiration is Star Wars galaxies, but Steven is saying, you know, we're looking to actually improve upon that system. So I would be interested to hear a little bit more about what people were, you know, have experienced in Star Wars galaxies to kind of understand what made it, a really engaging system. Yeah. That's what I was asking in chat too, because uh, was it, oh man, I'm trying to see who it was back up there who said that they really liked, I think it was. Um, Fupo, I think. Thank you, yeah. I think Fupo was saying, uh, yeah, Star Wars Galaxy crafting was really good. And so my question is what what made it good for you? You know, that's like the, the real question, the underlying question to this whole conversation is, what about these systems that you find to be ideal best practices whatever do you find to be really good now here's here's my in the elder scrolls online which i'm referencing for a reason you can do everything it's super convenient right but there's a lot about that game that it focuses and 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 really like emphasizes convenience the cash shop is an unfortunate great example of that in that game right but you can get everything from motifs to experience scrolls to I mean, almost everything now that you can think of there, like you can increase your writing skill. You don't have to put in the time anymore. You can buy it with money. Uh, so, you know, when you think about uh, systems like crafting, initially, because there wasn't like a lot of that in their cash shops, it, when you were a nine trait crafter, you spent a lot of time to become that. To be able to craft all of the nine traits for every piece of gear, that took me a long time, a long time. Right. And so now you can just fast track all that. So now as a result of that, not only do you not have to put the time in, but it's kind of like it, it doesn't, it's meaning the value and the meaning goes down because 
you know, almost anybody's a nine trait crafter now. And you can do almost anything anyway. I'm sorry, you can do everything in that game if you got the skill points, right? So the thing about Ashes I always find so just important in their, their approach to crafting is that, you know, the idea that you could specifically be the master crafter for something. Like the potential's there, right? Yeah. And, and that's... Um... You have the potential, like when it as as Miss is trying to strive for quality more than quantity, uh nodes are going to be very different. Is crafting going to affect uh when when I set like when I craft something and you sell that sword or an item to an NPC, is that going to develop my node further or not? Is is um or is there a lot of merchants in that node that you would be able to sell those swords to to begin with? Because most of this, uh, as Ashes of Creation is trying to do, is um, you're the able, you're the one who's making these decisions at the end of the day to raise this node up. So, is what, what when you're talking about styles and crafting, is it going to be segregated to depending on which node you stay at? Or is it going to be recipes? Or is it going to be, oh, by experience? As much as he develops, he just master classes into that one thing, that certain style as well. Mm. So there's there's a lot of theory crafting behind it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we've had much information on that as of yet. It'll be interesting to see what they go with, whether they go with like the Elder Scrolls style um where you have to unlock all the traits before you can use them etc um mm -hmm. and all the different armor styles as well or whether they'll go with the with the wow route where you can just make everything regardless of style right off the bat mm -hmm. um speaking again of wow sim you asked about what systems you would find interesting yeah yeah i had a comment from my video on the Reddit, and uh, with about uh, well crafting, which I thought was really interesting that they've since gotten rid of, which I think is a real shame. But I'll, I'll read you the comment so you can get your thoughts. It says, um, "So in Wrath of the Lich King, you had jewel crafting and you had daily quests for the jewel crafting. The daily quest for the jewel crafting was a mini game, so." Uh, where you have to go to the shop and you have to cut a gem, right? Yeah. The game UI opens and you start clicking on parts of the gem to cut it. You could click as many times as it took to cut the gem, but there are ways to get it done in like five moves. If you get it done in a few moves, you got a rare gem. Yeah. If you took a lot of moves, you got a common gem. Um, so it basically rewards you for being able to cut the gem in the least mm -hmm. amount of clicks and therefore you get a rarer gem because of it yeah i think that is a fantastic system like yeah. something like that that's just amazing yeah and i'm a, I'm a i was a jewel crafter during that time so it was pretty cool because you really had to know how to and it wasn't just like you look at this image on the screen and you go and click it's like a three-dimensional gem and it's basically just a bunch of like uh, clusters around it and there's like this gem on the inside that you're trying to essentially you're trying to chip away all this extra stuff to get to the clean version of the gem with nothing attached to it anymore and so you actually have to spin it 
you know, either direction and kind of choose where you're going to, where you're going to click at on the, on the kind of exterior of this. And you only had so many, like, like you're saying, like, uh, clicks before you, it was like, okay, well, this is where you, you know, if you don't get it within so many, then it just degrades the quality. But if you actually got it, which I, I didn't spend enough time, I'm going to be honest, then maybe this is another point, but I didn't spend a lot of time because it was like a daily thing every day. I didn't spend a lot of time doing it because I was like, it, it did feel a little taxing, but to counter that, if you were willing to invest the time to do it right, you did get something worth quite a bit. So as an amateur jeweler, I think <laughs> uh, I I used to work in a jewelry shop as a salesperson and oh, like man. my 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 manager taught me everything about jewelry and by what you guys said it sounded amazing. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was cool, but yeah. if I was trying to hurry up and get my stuff done, I was like, "Oh man, I guess I'll take the crappy one today." And I'd just go in and click around and guess it, but you know, it was pretty cool when you were willing to put the time in. Yeah. yeah, they did something like that in Legion too. I remember that system. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there was a couple points in chat just a little bit ago. Like, would you like to see, this was from, I think, Magisto. Would you like to see crafting gear be on par or better with gear you obtain while leveling? Absolutely. I, I would prefer for it to be actually better, but only in the sense that you can craft rarity so if you if there's like a, a system built in early on to where rarity is part of it, like, you know, common, uncommon, rare, epic, legendary kind of talk on rarity, then then, yeah, if you're running around and you kill a mob and you get I think I think balancing it to where you have a chance to get something really good from a random drop in the world. I love random drops. Um, it's kind of cool. I, I, I don't know if, if Miss likes it because it doesn't involve some RNG. Uh, hey, thanks, Chris Games, for the 500 bits, buddy. Um, but what do you think about gear that's like, you know, kind of a random drop? If it's not like a legendary, for example, like, what do you think about legendary drops and should they be, you should, you be able to break stuff like that down or sell it? I mean, let's Side just tangent. talk about legendary drops being RNG as opposed to like a long quest line. Yeah. Right. Just for the moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at... That is the one time where I think RNG is fine. Honestly. In that in that specific situation, yeah. Yes. What do you yeah. think? Um, again, going back to WoW, yeah. you think back to the... I mean, they've used both systems. Like, it started off where it was just like a 1% drop. You've had like the uh, Illidan's Wardlave, for example. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was a 1% drop. And the thing about that, when it's a drop that that's that it's that rare even to this day people who are running that dungeon over and over and over just to get that weapon when it finally drops for them there is nothing else on the world like it it's true like in terms of the experience and you finally get that item drop for you and it's like oh yes fine this is it this is the one fantastic you'd go to the flip side Thank of that for this question item <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank you for this gracious item <laughs> i know right well that that's the way um but then you go to the flip side of that during cataclysm they brought in the legendary staff which was this whole quest chain and it got to the point where guilds would literally plan out who would get 
their legendary staff because only one person could really get it at a time, right? And you would plan out, it's like, okay, on this specific week, this person will have completed the legendary staff and then the next person will start. And you'd like, you could literally have a calendar of who would get their legendary staff. And it kind of took out the, like, the joy of getting the staff because you knew exactly when it would happen. So I, I've seen it done both ways and yeah. So I know we're so. sidestepping here away from crafting for just a moment, but golden chat was saying looting invincible, LOL and wrath. So I'm going to, ex I'm going to explain if you don't know about world of Warcraft as an example. Uh, so Shadowmorn, right? There was a whole quest chain for Shadowmorn, which was the legendary two handed axe essentially that you could get in wrath of the Lich King. There was a quest for it, right? And then there was also Invincible, which was this undead flying horse that was the Lich King's mount that you could loot from Icecrown Citadel. And so on specific, uh, was it like, is it Heroic 25, I think? Right? Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, the point is, is that I remember I got Shadowmourne, right? And then you get done, and now it's not really doesn't do anything for you because it's now an old weapon, right? The visualization still looks cool and it still has like a, you know, all of that is pretty cool and everything, but you can't really use it in game. And then they changed the way the quest worked where it used to have to be, it was like, I think you had to like reap a thousand souls in there or something. And they dropped it down to like a hundred after the expansion was done or something. So it would actually be easier for you to do the quest. So the quest chain to get through it. Um, but anyway, my point is, I I look at Shadowmourne in my character's bag, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I don't care when it is. If you've been going after a mount in a raid, and it finally drops, because it's, it's chance, man. Like the Hand of Rag, I don't have that on my Paladin. I got it on my Warrior, and then I got it. I was like, oh, awesome, but also kind of salty, because my main doesn't have it. But when I, I remember when I got Alar, man, which was the Phoenix Mount and the Burning Crusade, when that thing dropped for me years later, years and years later, when I finally got it after farming, there was nothing like it, dude. I had waited years for this thing. I didn't get it current content. I still went after it. The method of going after it later was different because I didn't need as many people. But man, when that thing dropped, I'll tell you right now, my main, it's the only thing I fly around on. Oh, was the only thing I flew around on because I don't play anymore, but... Oh, it feels bad. Kind of missed that mount, dude. Years. We're gonna get you back into WoW again, dude. My <laughs> buddy Freak, you know, off of the Looking for More show, which, by the way, is a variety podcast covering gaming, MMOs, geek culture, all that good stuff, all in one. And it was, uh, it's on Thursday, 5 p.m. CDT. By the way, if you want to come check it out, you should. But Freak was trying to tempt me last Thursday about you got to come back to WoW, bro. You can come do uh, in-game rating with us, bro. You can do all this. I'm like, stop it, stop it. Stop. <laughs> I don't need that kind of temptation. Yo, Woodchip. Thanks so much, buddy, for that 1,000 bits. Wow. Thank you very much, friend. Yeah. I just want to say, man, I appreciate all that support here for the channel and supporting the show and all that, but uh, end of the day, man, you, you want to do anything to support this channel or this show, you can share it. You can leave a comment on it. You can like it. You can spread it. Whatever. Do all of that stuff. Live your best lives. Have good conversations here. That's 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 it, man. That's what matters. 
But you, dude, getting back to it, there's nothing like waiting forever to get that thing to drop. And it finally does, man. And it feels so good that my point is, is I'll tell you right now, if I ever was back on WoW again, I promise you, my main's only flying around on the LAR because I waited so long for it. And it still to this day means a lot to me in that game. It still does, man. It never lost its importance to me. We can kind of set the the fact that my name is Phoenix, and that's a Phoenix aside from the from the conversation, but it might have a little bit to do with it too. Phoenix rolling around on a Phoenix, you know. It's cool. Wait, what is he like? What Drum Dash is a creation? Oh, it's talking about the, the symbols of Phoenix. I don't know why he might like this game. What drew him in? Damn it. It's not. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Woodchip, another dude. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot, homies. Holy crap, man. What the hell? <laughs> Thanks a lot, friend. Here um, we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here is here one. Talking about in chat earlier too, what if these items that you're creating a lot of and crafting a lot of along the way of crafting, what if the making a lot of this quantity is something that's a usable item? Then would you feel different about it? Like it's not something marginally. Marginally. So in the video that I did, I was actually leveling up a leather worker and then while leather working, you've got these little, these armor packs that you can basically just yeah. apply to a piece of armor and increases the armor stat, right? Mm -hmm. That when I had to make a load of those, and that was okay. I could use some of them, but even then, I was having to make far more than I ever needed to use. So, and they're not even that great, especially early on. You're talking about one extra armor. It's like whoop de do. Know what you're talking one about? One extra armor, fantastic. Don't really care too Chris. much. I'm like, I'll use it, mm -hmm. but it's not really that great so yeah oh, thank you very much chris games elder scrolls online or was it in i mean that, that one's was like wow that one's like wow yeah there's other games that have that sort of thing too because when when uh, when when mmorpgs make me feel when i do these certain things and make me craft a hundred armor of this specific thing i feel that they want me to trade these items in like, they don't mm. want me just to have them around. They want me either to sell it in the market or sell it to people. Market meaning Whoa. NPCs. Yo, we got a hype train going on or whatever. What is that? I don't know. I've never had it on my channel. I know it's turned on so people can do it, but thanks a lot. Gold for subscribing at tier two. He upped his tier. Oh my gosh, you guys. Well, whatever it says there, there it is. Hype train. So here's, here's a point that I want to, yeah, hype train. Thanks guys. Um, I wanted to make this point though, engineering in WoW, for example. Whoa, dude, what the heck, dude? A Denim just dropped. I don't location. even know what's oh. going on. Okay, the, tr the the stream's getting hijacked by a hype train right now. Oh crap! Holy! Crap, dude. Oh my goodness! Oh man, you guys. Um. Uh. So thanks, Rev, for. The 5k bits and oh my uh, god, I, what is going Gold, uh, I don't even know what all just happened. Gold Mecro, thank you for gifting those five gifted subs. If you're listening to this on iTunes or like Spotify in the next couple days, I just want to say this is one of the perks of being here live. You get to actually experience what's happening and see it. Holy 
crap, dude. Oh, Williams <laughs> is getting in all the action, too. What is going on with this hype train thing, dude? Oh, my God. Oh, what the? I'm not even I'm not even cutting this out for the for the audio later. I'm done. Okay, I know so, it's pretty hype right now, but calm down. <laughs> what's that? Four hundred and seven percent, dude. That's crazy. That's like some. What is this? Oh my god, they can uh, unlock emotes. Yeah, oh. they're unlocking emotes. Oh, the my, god. oh my god! Whoa, dude, one hundred and fifty emotes just got unlocked. Whoa! Dang, uh, hold, dude. Hold on. Okay, Adenium, thank you for the 10 gifted subs. Gold Macro for the 5 gifted subs. The True Rev for 5,000 bits. For another 5,000 bits. Adenium for 4,000 bits. Gold Macro, who upped his tier to 2. Chris Game, or yeah, Chris Games did 500 bits. Woodchip did 1,000 before that. And another 1,000 before that. And Chris Games was 500 before that. Holy cow, you guys. All that love. Man, what the heck. Thank you, friends. That's nuts and much appreciated. And it's still going. What is Jeez, going it's on, still going. Another 10 gifted subs. What? What does it mean at 740% though? What is this? Ah! Yo, five level five hype train. This is the final level. I don't even know what that means, but thank you. So Woodchip donated another 10 gifted subs oh, again. Lord. Oh, oh my god, Adenium's dropped to 20. This is nuts, dude. That's a, a ridiculous amount of support going on here. Can I just give up on this? Okay, so so Gold Beckers did another five gifted subs. What is 1157%, 1157%? I don't know what that means, but that's got to mean holy shit, right? Yes. it's still going we've still got two and a half minutes understand. left on it on what isn't it max what's going on no no, no. <laughs> i don't know how this i don't even know how this works dude this is nuts focus on a podcast okay i apologize let's get back on track or we're gonna spend 10 minutes <laughs> we're gonna spend 10 minutes talking about this so obviously this is a fascinating experience for me because i've never seen this happen before but anyway Let's go ahead and dig into some community discussion around this. I'm going to jump straight over. Much love to all of you Pathfinders, all of the Ashes of Creation community for all the love today, all the Crusaders in the community for all the love today. Much love for the Crusade. Pathfinders rock on. And let's look at the Reddit real quick here, okay? So on the Reddit, I had asked the question, what are some of uh, your questions or thoughts that you would like us to explore around Ashes of Creation and its upcoming crafting system? I said, what have you found to be some of the most fun ways to level a profession or artisan class in MMORPG? How do you prefer to unlock new crafting skills or gain a new recipe? What are examples of really well-developed crafting systems? And here is one. So how are biomes going to balance? Will all professions be viable in every environment? Uh, for example, lumberjacking in the desert? Or how much will the difference in resources matter? Is the difference between a pine wood ship and a palm wood ship only cosmetic? Or is there something in the stats? Will a high level crafting require material from around the world as opposed to one area? Pretty good. I, I love that. That was great. It's really good to get you thinking. Short answer, I don't know. But <laughs> I'd love to see how this question ties in. I'd love to ask. I'd love to ask Steven this. So I might, I might shoot him a message with some questions later. Uh, Cobra said, "Will 
we'd be able to craft on the fly? Or do we have to go to specific locations uh, in a node or within it, our own freehold? Well, we know that you can in a freehold and in a city, in a metropolis or a town or whatever part of a node, but will there be certain things you can craft on the fly? I don't know. Uh, also talked about, will there be a leveling system to like in WoW or similar where you'll progress through irrelevant crafting just to get to end game crafting? Thanks. P.S. I don't normally have time to watch many streams. Do you have a transcript page? Short answer, no, friend. Not enough time in my day to make that happen. All of the love in chat, Rev, Weird, everybody who donated just now, you're amazing. You unlocked a ridiculous amount of emotes. So thank you so much for that and supporting this channel. You guys are amazing, truly. Moving on to one more point from Winfrex, Winfrex saying, will crafted items be able to be serialized? Now this one I don't see happening. You never know. But the idea was ser serialized so that if uh, some item, a sword, was stolen or jacked from a caravan or a bandit raider, um, you know, would be able to track it somehow. I don't see that happening. Neither do I really. It's very, it's, I don't see it happening because it's very hard to implement and I don't see the like use of it. Like I'm okay. Not in that sense, but if, if a caravan got raided, you could just mark these as what's it called uh, being stolen. And once, Maybe if you ever come across it, you're able to like say, "Oh, this is a stolen one. I won't fix fix your fix that sword or whatever, whoever the person brought to you." But that's not practical at all mm. in a video game sense. Like it's very very hard to implement just to serialize every item and see what happens to them. It's just it's too tedious. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Now. We have some questions here and some just thoughts that were posed by the community here over the past week or so. I'm going to tie these in, uh, but you know, at the heart of this discussion, what I really want us all to kind of think about is like, if you've played MMORPGs before, like I think at the end of the day, it's kind of about, isn't it about fun? Isn't it about enjoying your time? Isn't it about the time that you're investing to feel like it was well utilized? Those are some of the things that for me lie at like the heart of crafting or any other element of the game for that matter. Um, so there was actually another point. Now this comes from the Q and a now Jalan, he does the paradox gaming network. Um, he did a Q and a with Steven. I'm not going to touch on all that here. There's one part that was relevant to today's conversation. Now for the whole thing, you can go check it out. He asked a lot of like, you know, detail oriented questions. They were pretty good. It was good to do the, the question he asked though here was, um, what sort of bonuses would we expect from like carpentry, for example, or profession? <laughs> now, Steven said, one example, let's say you are a cook. You're utilizing a crafting station to create recipes of meals that you want to either sell to other players or use yourself in order to grant a temporary buff. One of the types of furnishings that might interact with the cooking profession uh, would be a specific type of graded stovetop or a cooking facility. You could take a finished product like a tenderloin meal or something you've caught in the ocean and you could eat that for its normal buff. But based off the quality and grade of the constructed cooking equipment that you would place in your home, you could take those meals, uh, or you could make those meals or take those meals up to a certain amount based on the quality of the furniture. You could place 
uh, it in to be processed within that piece of furniture. And when you receive the item, there will be a freshness period on that food that if you use it while it is fresh, it will give you an augmented benefit that will be higher or better. Maybe it gives you an additional stats or additional time period, and you can kind of focus on some of these items will do, right? So like, I know that there's been discussion around this already, right? What do you all think about some element like that in, in crafting, like a freshness buff? Giving you an additional bonus? Would it be more meaningful to get an additional bonus or to get it like a duration? Could be either, mm -hmm. I think. Um, I, again, right, I think there's three elements to me that make crafting fun. I mean, it's got to be interesting and engaging, kind of mm -hmm. not a slog. Um, you know, it's got to be, you know, relevant. And it's got to interact with other players. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that seems to me like it could potentially be that. I mean, I, he didn't go into the nitty-gritty of, you know, how you actually end up with this augmented meal but i like the fact that you know you can get an augmented buff for a limited period of time so you can maybe make that you know a little better of a buff versus something that just sits in your bags for weeks and then you ultimately just use that when you're raiding or questing or whatever so yeah i, mean, I do i do like that idea of just adding some complexity that's not really difficult to implement Mm -hmm. It just like basically like an expiration timer on a, mm -hmm. a piece of food. So yeah, I, I like the idea. The question is in my mind when he talks about freshness, is every area going to be different? Like every mm -hmm. biome has its own effects on food. Uh, would that take place in, in every environment or is it going to be all universal? That's, that's my first question. Right. And second is, I think it's a really great idea. It makes trade a little bit more viable. Like you would, you would try to, what's it called, uh, get the finished product or at least get some product at the like closest city possible, and that would like help that city instead of it being all monopolized to a certain area. Um, what else? I just had this idea in mind. Listen, you go. I'll, I'll, I'll try to I, remember. I mean, I don't particularly care for that kind of thing. I feel like it's adding complexity for the sake of adding complexity. And I don't think it increases the depth of the system all that much. So I, if, it, if they put it in, great, fine, I guess. It's not going to really affect much of what I'm doing, I don't think. And like uh, Ravuda said mm -hmm. in the chat, if if you're raiding, you're and and you want that sort of freshness buff, um, depending on how far away the raid is to the town, mm -hmm. you might not be able to go back and get the freshness buff, and it's just pointless that, that way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I uh, so, complexity so, yeah. for complexity's sake never works, in my opinion. And I have two thoughts for that. One, are they going to implement um, other ideas into it, like um, either uh, what's it called, resources in order to make that freshness stay longer, or is are you able to make it with magic and uh, for 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 freshness to stay longer? And second, is there a portable uh, 
cooking station with you that you would take into raids and there would be like soft like uh safe spaces that cooks are able to craft that things on the go mm-hmm. so these are very like a lot of theory crafting i'm talking about at this point um i think yeah. we have to well, be you guys see what I'm, where i'm coming with this right mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely i i feel like so and this being mentioned in the chat as well that it's it feels more like you're trying to put survival game elements into an MMO. Right. Yeah, which mentioned we've that. seen games try and do it in the past, and it does not work because it's it's the same thing mm. with like um, having your character get fatigued. That kind of thing works well in an M- in a survival game because it adds to the experience. In an MMO, it takes away from the experience. It becomes but- a hindrance. So here's the thing in survival, you're telling me that mm. yes, stamina does degrade over time. Like usually survivor games do this. Like, uh, okay, I have to eat food, I have to keep my stamina up, I have to keep my HP regen up as well, so I don't just die out of starvation. But MMORPGs don't have that element at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're but kind of removing like the complaint out of the window. Yeah. Well, I just feel like this freshness buff is maybe going starting the slippery slope down towards those sort of survival elements that have no place in an MMORPG. I don't right. know, maybe I'm... I See, don't know. Maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I think I think what makes sense, though, like even thematically for, for the way it's been explained is like the freshness. So what's freshness mean that's going to last longer? Like it's not going to, you know, go bad or like not be worth anything anymore. But like... I think if you look at it in terms of like how long the buff will last, it's cool. But if it's like, you know, going to go bad and spoiled and like, because mm, then you're totally, totally stepping over into survival gaming. Well, I mean, I think what this might be nodding at is the fact that the team have been talking about the deeper you go into a profession in a certain tree, you get kind of more and more bonuses. And right. I kind of see that. Like if somebody really wants to be like i don't know a master chef or an iron chef and in ashes right and they're going to invest the time in doing it they should get some boons for doing that i agree it should be a boon it shouldn't be something that's you know uh, you know overpowered and it's something that isn't necessarily required but it's something hey again we're talking about quality and then another thing too you something you had mentioned earlier on sim is you were talking about does different materials mean we might get different stats or different buffs? I think that would be great, and that would, to you know, Faisal's point, promote trade. Because if I can only get a certain type of ingredient in a certain area, it may not necessarily only be that area. It might be an area in certain conditions, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would promote trade, that would promote interactivity, that would build an economy, because you are mm-hmm. looking for that commodity in certain areas, and in order to maybe get that particular buff or get that particular stat, it is going to require you to partner with other people, right? Or trade with other nodes, potentially. Mm-hmm. So there was also a few people, I think, that had mentioned in chat earlier about, uh, you know, like crafting a legendary or even specific items, like having to actually pull resources from all over the world. I think that ties into what you're saying. And I think that's a really great idea. Because if you can't just, you know, if you can get the same materials everywhere, 
then it's, I don't know, it, it, is it beneficial? Yeah, I think even some materials being able to get anywhere. One thing that ESO did really good, though, is like that I liked was different, like you had different types of wood as you leveled up and the, or even like ore and things like that. So when you crafted ingots, uh, you would basically have like the, 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 the metal of that gear or the wood of that gear would actually visually look different as a result of the kind of, you know, material that you used. So I think things like that are really cool, but I also think like maybe crafting this breastplate of the almighty radiance requires a yellow gem, like a sun gem of some kind. And you can only get that from the peak of a specific mountain uh, mm. or, you know, maybe even certain ore only from that type of mountain too. And maybe that mountain's only found on like the Eastern continent or something. But, but here's the thing when it comes like, Currently, what I've understood is food is kind of different to ore um, because uh, ore is supposedly scarce and the location of ore is supposed to move from time to time. At least that's what I've understood in previous podcasts, dreams and stuff. So it's got to be way different. Like if you're talking about a stable thing, I think food would be very stable because you're talking about plants and they wouldn't really move that much. And you'll be able to cultivate them in like farms and freeholds. Ooh, there's but a... But uh, or you're just talking about mines. Yeah. And you, you can't really... I don't know how they're going to do it, but that, that's that's how it's going to be. So yeah, there's also talk about seasonal crafting. Now, Ronan had mentioned this one. It ties into the idea of seasonal or things moving, right? Or things changing in the world. So you have to maybe go find resources in different places uh, at a different mm-hmm. period of time. So seasonal crafting, like I think that's a great idea. That's something that was brought yep. up by Ronan. Also was talking about, you know, at a higher level, like maybe you fillet a fish. And maybe at like a low level, you only fillet the fish and you can really pull the meat because you don't have the skill to actually maybe take other parts from the fish too, to be able to actually like yield different types of resources. Also thinking about alchemy, right? What would make alchemy interesting in ashes? That would make it, I don't know. What do you consider some really good systems for alchemy? I think ESO is the gold standard when it comes to alchemy, personally. I really like the system being able to mix and match and and you actually have the discoverability of mm. finding out what works with what to make different effects. I I don't think there's a better system out there for alchemy. Kind of element of like crossing different combinations and having to do through a certain process like actually discover what what the combinations are. Yeah. I Yeah, yeah I don't honestly don't think there's a better system out there. You can maybe add to it, like maybe add like a heating element, almost like a mini game where you have to apply a certain amount of heat to get a certain effect. But aside mm-hmm. from that, I mean, you could just keep it as is, just straight copy paste it over. Yeah, which it brought up a good point about the seasonal bit too, because the seasons aren't going to be that long in Ashes. Steven did mention True. that. How long? Like a week? Uh, I forget what the what the time frame was. It's like what. Is it like a monthish or something? Isn't it? Isn't it like maybe a season like lasts that long? 
I have to go look back and look. We talked about this. Like, is it a week? Talk about oh my or... god, a week? Me, it's a week. Oh boy, dude, that's that like shorter. Short. That's a little <laughs> short, man, isn't it? I feel like yeah, the... but like Stephen did say this a very long time ago, so he might change the time frame. Yeah, but I, like, so it might be two weeks, three weeks, or four weeks, depending on how the development goes. So <laughs> I'm hoping well, it's no, closer he, to four. He man. Did originally say a month? Did he? Did so? Yeah. Did he like? Did he actually like scroll down to like a week at some point? And... Uh, just give me two seconds. Woodchip, two months. It's definitely short. I I like the idea of seasons feeling a little. I guess you could say for me as a as a human being, I like the idea of. I don't know. May am I am I the only one that does this? But you all tell me. Is anybody no. else like running around? And, do you say no already? No, I said what? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's enough out of you, dude. I was about to be. No. <laughs> I automatically have like a defense mechanism, thinking that you guys are trying to sabotage me. What's that, Holy Paladin? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> like you're trying to sabotage yourself, Sim. <laughs> it's probably true, but for for, uh, for anybody else, when they get into an MMO, like hanging out in zones that are actually reflective of their environment outside, mm-hmm. like winter, I actually enjoy hanging out in winter oriented zones more in the winter um when it's spring as or fall it looks beautiful yeah beautiful, I, pretty. yeah it's all so around beautiful. i mean you're never gonna see me in the desert if it's summer anyway but that's just because i don't like desert domain like it's not those biomes don't really I, appeal to I me you don't see how it is it's <laughs> a preference <laughs> um also, Sim, I was cool, mistaken. Cool. I've just looked up again on on the wiki, and I found the the reference. It is one week per season. Oh, buddy. So, damn, that seems quick, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah I'd like uh, it to be every two weeks. Personally, I think two weeks mm. per season would be sunburn on the head, so. Sim. Maybe would ship. Maybe <laughs> it might be. Maybe. So no, here, that's that's not sunburn. That's the lights justice. <laughs> is that do we just call are we really just yes. referencing my yes, bald head is that now yes we are he yes. makes a new emote this is ridiculous <laughs> it's enough <laughs> hey let's look at this i think i got some baby powder to work with that oh if you... no dude listen oh man it's oily i fresh shaved it before the show too son of a check this out uh, so talking about repairing items for XP as so when we talk about leveling in terms of what provides you experience, right? So mm-hmm. leveling up professions in general. So we've kind of bounced around and hit different profession types and what could make those types of systems interesting. We've talked about different types of resources you could gather, resources you could be cultivating. Uh, what about leveling up a profession, right? What's a rewarding way to do that? Because you've got... I personally think that for the majority, and now I'm going to agree with some people, I think Wood actually has hit, hit on this one. Eventually, gray recipes, as you out-level them, no longer provide experience. It makes sense to me because if you're leveling up, at a certain point, you're not really learning anything by trying to craft something that's old when you've done it a bazillion times or you know a thousand or whatever, depending on the item. Should something from the very beginning to you all still be worth some level of experience? Yes. 
I personally, I'm again, if we want to go with the realistic angle, even if you've made something a million times, making it again, it still keeps your hand in, it still keeps your muscle memory, and it can still benefit. Can you, dig that. That's why if you go to just as an example, you go to Japan, you go to a sushi restaurant. The guys at the sushi restaurant, they spend three to six years just washing rice Good every point. single day. That's all they do, just wash rice. And even if they've done it a million times, they will still wash that rice over and over and over. So that's true. Mm-hmm. I personally, when it comes to leveling up like that, I very much like uh, how it's done in RuneScape. I've talked about this before, but just to repeat, um, everything that you craft in RuneScape gives you the same amount of EXP. So if you make a loaf of bread, it always gives you, say, five experience points. And then the way it scales is that, as with most RPGs, the higher level you get, the more experience it takes to unlock the next level. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you can spend your time just making low-level crafted stuff mm-hmm. if you want to but obviously it's more worthwhile to you to make more stuff your higher level but but mist you're still going to fall in the category of mass production oh yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> yes i mean that that's a whole nother aside yeah. i mean just in terms of oh, it, it your skill level it, it correlates to one another you're telling me I should be crafting this for a long, very long ass time, but you, on the other hand, you're telling me not to do it. What is this? Uh, <laughs> what is this drama? Okay, uh, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, I'll come back to you on that. Something else to talk. Quick, save well, me. I mean, I, I think what would be interesting to do, right, is even if you are having to make the same item, over and over i think there should be as you level up the quality of it improves so you're getting essentially getting a different item as you level up or potentially a different item or you maybe have more things open up you can do with that item like Mm -hmm. specify a stat or add an enchantment or something right it gives you some options i think that to me is a more sensible way to make crafting useful and not necessarily give you like a hundred swords you need a vendor when you're done and you've maxed like out maybe profession. maybe if you've done this and you perfect this craft of this right. certain item it would increase like piercing damage or slashing damage or bleeds increasing bleeds exactly um, or you have different things you can do like that mini game example that um miss talked about before with the jc or, or we talked about before with the jc and the alchemy example where you might have d- other different components you might be able to level up and use like you know mm-hmm. a burner or you know a particular extra herb or a different station i mean even just now, now granted wow didn't necessarily do this in the most interesting way but the one thing that i liked about the crafting professions in legion is you had different tables and different equipment you had to do quests for to get yeah. I kind of see that as something like an interesting component mm-hmm. to do. And again, it it I don't want to say it forces you, but it encourages you if you want to be a master crafter to invest time in doing certain things. Um, mm. and, and, and also, again, partnering. So just kind of going back to what I would feel would be a good crafting system is having an ability to make it kind of interesting, useful, and interacting with others, right? In a very player-driven game, if you don't have that 
interaction if you can do everything in a silo your social mm. you know interaction just goes in the toilet so i would i would like to have some ability to do that whether you're building something on your freehold or you're going to a city to find a particular thing i mean you've got options to be able to improve your craft without doing the same mindless activity over and over no oh, tl yeah. says i want a game not a second job yeah. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, when it comes to crafting, I think the the number one most important thing is that it needs to feel worth your while. Right? True. You yeah. want to feel like the time you're putting in is being rewarded in some way and mm-hmm. and needs to be scaled relatively. I mm-hmm. I feel that's so so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This topic is very, very complex. Yeah. Because like if if you're trying trying to talk about mass production and you don't want pe- like gamers to suffer from the grind of just leveling XP, but what would you replace it by? Like I've always thought of like theory crafting and getting new ideas. Okay, if we built this item over and over and over, we shouldn't get as much XP. As much as we perfect this craft, we already know everything about it. So. If I get a broken sword and fix it, I should be able to get more XP from it. Or at least if I have a sword that I found and and I deconstruct the sword to learn from it, I would learn more knowledge about it. So Mm -hmm. I'd get more XP. So my whole thing is at least like the system that I imagine in my mind is basically when I craft an item, I give it to another player. And this is this is where I'm kind of conflicted because does this give the the blacksmith that I uh, that I went to exclusivity of repairs? Because if I give him and he brings me the repairs, I get much more XP. If I do that with a lot of players, they would give me that sword back and I would get more XP back in return. So, but it wouldn't be really nice because. If I buy a certain item from a certain blacksmith and he goes offline, nobody's able to repair that item except him. And this is where I got very conflicted. Uh, thank you, Woodchip, for another 10 gifted subs. Holy Jesus. <laughs> Are we keeping a track of how many? No, I have to go. Subs. It's a lot. He's literally become your sugar daddy. <laughs> anyway going back to the point (laughs) bad missed i'm gonna read i'm gonna read some points thank you very much woodchip i really appreciate that i I appreciate all of you today seriously let's let's do (laughs) this let's let's hit on this right here so i'm gonna hit on some other points okay food for thought but Omega Contagion said, just want crafting any kind of any kind to give some kind of XP. So it's always worth it. Uh, Mist, hmm. this one actually comes from you, right? Wanting crafting quests to give crafting XP. Yes. I think you had said not just character XP. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Again, this is something that is in RuneScape quite a lot. You do a crafting specific quest and it grants you crafting specific XP for doing that quest. It makes sense, and I think it's a nice bit of variety as opposed to the mindless grinding of just making item after item after item. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Me likey. Yeah, so <laughs> Tielf had mentioned too previously crafting materials relevant to all levels, something Steven's been looking into. Uh, now, ideas around weight. Now, we talked about weight previously in bag space, but you know the idea of anything that we craft having weight to it i don't i don't know i don't think i think that kind of goes back into that's an, another layer of of i almost feel like taxation of some kind like this is something now i have to continue to worry about maintaining yeah mm-hmm. i don't like weight either uh talked about that one phase this one was from you i think the leveling system should be based on a number of items you give to other people but lock it in so people don't spam shit items to scale it and you get more xp from repairs instead of crafting instead of just crafting there have been a few topic points from people saying you know basically repairing item being a rel- uh, items for other people being a relevant thing i like that i mean i remember again i'm referencing world of warcraft but you know, the idea of going in town and being like, hey, uh, can craft, you know, you link like you, you remember you in, in World of Warcraft, a lot of people do this. You go and you link. Essentially, you can link like your window, your spe- specialty to people. They can click on it in chat. They can see what you can craft. And they'll be like, hey, jewel crafter, or blacksmith or whatever. Crafting, you know, your items, tips welcome. So basically, you bring the materials that you need for whatever it is you need crafted. They craft it. A lot of times, this help them, helps them because they can level up their profession without having to run around and gather it all the time. Uh, also, it's a good way for them to get the word out that, hey, this guy crafted me this the other day. Or, hey, this this girl, she crafted this for me the other day. Like, they hooked me up. They were the one that could make this. Go to them. They'll hook you up. They don't charge you anything. Tip them if you want. It's a good way to, like, you know, the, the economy, like, find a person who could do the thing that you can pay, you know, whatever you can afford, you know, and they're willing to do it. I did that all the time. I would link blocks with yeah. individual crafting. And it's also like encourages for you to become a social bunny. <laughs> social bunny. <laughs> like, and, and, and like, instead of like, because MMORPGs in general aren't a solo game. It was never a solo, a solo game. You always had to, I see that smile. So. <laughs> I'm just ima- trying to imagine you with bunny ears and a little little white bunny tail. <laughs> I had it coming. Why did I ask? <laughs> I love it, dude. Every time this loses it and laughs, it doesn't matter which show this is on. Every time I go back and I'm, I'll make clips and stuff. Every time I see him just lose it and fall back into his chair, it's pure joy. It's pure joy, dude. Dude, you don't warn me about that kind of thing. Don't just throw it on me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It just comes naturally. I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. We are getting towards the end of the show here. So I'm going to try to hit on a few last points. Like to me, the thing is, is I, I look at how, how can I level my profession? Like what makes it meaningful? Like when I think of recipes, this is the one other thing we've now, I know TL had made a point about how you can essentially like, you know, break something down, maybe get a recipe out of it, you know, gaining recipes now there's different ways of seeing this like sometimes in some games like if you gain so much experience points you can now put points in that unlocks the next tier of things you can craft other games you have to 
there's a combination sometimes of uh, you will get this as you level up new uh, recipes are unlocked for you and they're just there, right? Sometimes you've got to go to a person in the world, uh, maybe in the next zone and in the next zone that, you know, it's like a higher level zone. And so maybe I was in a level 10 to 20 zone. I crafted, I leveled up, I did all the stuff and things. Now I'm kind of needing new recipes. Well, now when I get the next zone and I find the next person who has blacksmithing patterns or whatever, um, or smelting, you know, recipes, I can purchase it from them. Sometimes there's a combination of both. Certain things are unlocked as I'm leveling up and uh, specific types of recipes I have to get from vendors in the world. You see that a lot in WoW. You level up, certain things are unlocked, but also you could go into like a cavern or a mountain or a town and a fishing village and you can get a new recipe that way. What are our preferences on on that sort of system of recipes as we're leveling? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I <laughs> And going back to Elder Scrolls Online, one of the things that I like which i found out today because i didn't know about this system but going to i was just walking through a zone and i came across this little camp and it had uh, a crafting table on it it's like okay so i can just go and do my crafting and it said do you want to craft this uh, set specific item that you can only craft on this bench awesome that is so awesome like just having this you have to really go out of your way to find it, but then when you find it, you get the chance to craft this uh, set-specific item. Mm -hmm. Love it. Absolutely love it. That that kind of thing that rewards exploration is really, really cool to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do agree with that. Elder Scrolls kind of touched on that as well. Like, if you, if you went to, like, if you explore a lot, you had, like, caves that sent you to underground crafting mm -hmm. stations, which was really nice. Um, but I don't think it added any new recipes. I don't recall. Sim, do you remember? Mm -mm. Not offhand right now. No. <laughs> I, was, I was also looking at chat and they were like, uh-oh, Faisal's lowering. <laughs> Which means we're getting to the end of this one, friend. So any, yeah, but any, any of these final thoughts, like I actually like a system that I, I like the idea of having some set of skills that you gain as you master a profession, whether it's like something that's kind of inherently there or even a skill tree that you do spec into either way, I'm like pretty good with that. It, it ties into the idea that again, one of the main pillars to ashes of creation is trade and crafting, like the usefulness of that, that one of those core pillars. Uh, and so, you know, I, I like the usefulness of as I'm leveling, some things are worth more experience because they're not as easy. Some things, although maybe trivial, still reward me as well. Even if it is just like, like Miss said, five experience for this. Well, maybe it's still worth five experience, but maybe five experience is a super small amount at level, I don't know, 25 in crafting or whatever or something. But it still isn't irrelevant to me. But it also is not like I can sit there and craft the same level five item all the way up to max level and that really be a, a positive way to go about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or progressive, maybe progressive or more evolved way of going about it rather. But the idea of like unlocking certain things along the way, uh, having to access certain people in the world. I like that idea. You know, it keeps you tied into 
knowing your locations a little more, knowing what's in a town or what's in an encampment and things like that. The thing that's also really cool about that is as the world changes and ashes of creation, when maybe a node gets, you know, taken out, broken down, superseded by something else as a node development changes and like, you know, a new power rises, you would have a whole new set now of people in a specific area. Like maybe, you know, about an encampment, but then when it becomes a metropolis, you're like, oh, whole new world here. We're on different servers too. So the idea of like community as a whole and then also within its own server formation, being able to share that information, I don't know. It's really good. That was the experience of an MMO in the very beginning for me that was just a lot of fun was that as I'm like leveling up and, you know, exploring and making my way through the world, I don't really know the answer. It's not there to just know. You have to actually figure it out and what was the way that i'd figure it out i asked people i don't know what to say man uh simbot's a, a rule and just leader of the crusade <laughs> maybe maybe crusaders lackey can help you all out i apologize if you've fallen i don't know what to say um the crusades don't always it's suck for everybody it is maybe well, that's a, it is rng <laughs> it's finest but yeah i something that i think is really important is that as we're all making our way, following the game, getting closer to the game's launch. These types of questions and these types of these thoughts that you're all have been sharing here, whether it's, you know, in comment form, in chat on the live stream, whether you're posting on like Reddit or on the Twitter, um, you know, sharing all this stuff is, is important because there's a lot of game developers that don't even pay attention to a lot of what the community says. This game is not that game. Uh, so it's not that you should share it because you could change it. But when you care about the game's development and this world you're one day going to be living in, you know, your voice does actually make a difference. It does matter. Those thoughts are worth something to this development team. So I definitely encourage you all to share them. You don't always have to agree. We don't always have to agree. But the beautiful thing about this show and this community is that at least here in the Pathfinder community, we can have different opinions and different thoughts about things and we don't have to agree. And that's okay because some of the best discoveries and middle ground that we come up with sometimes is in the different opinions and perspectives and people finding the, the middle ground for all that. And Chris games is just like spamming different things to see what happens. But final thoughts, everybody. We're going to wind this one down so we can get this up at a decent time for everybody else to check in on. Um, I think for me, I think it would be interesting, just like you were saying, the skill investment. And I think maybe just having crafting experience, giving you crafting levels and then getting skill points out of those levels that you can invest and choose to invest in certain trees. I think they talked about crafting being a skill tree before. I like the idea of that where you can invest in certain things and the deeper you go that may be more difficult or time consuming it might be to go but there's rewards in spending that time so as long as time invested is rewarding i think mm. that would make it for me and that would make it worth you know the the journey mm. Mm. any other final thoughts mm. My final th thoughts are basically 
I want legendary tier items to be in raids. Like certain dungeons or raids just have a blacksmithing table right there or like a legendary great works or whatever in the background, however they want to decorate it as. And you would like the main blacksmith be hammering his way out that sword or shield and uh, while you guys defend him to 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 mm. as he craft it <laughs> that'd be pretty cool not gonna lie that'd be, that'd be cool. awesome. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you guys have said it all i think uh we'll have to see what intrepid come up with obviously right now we have very little information about the crafting systems and what they've got planned so i'm actually really looking forward to seeing what they come out with and Hopefully it's uh, worth our time and worth our effort. Absolutely. Yeah, friends, it's been a it's been a hell of a show, man. Again, I just want to say thank you to everybody who contributed to that hype train earlier or just donated in some way, shape or form. You know, at the end of the day, it's totally not an expectation for me, but super appreciated. Very, very, very appreciated. And, uh, you know, the 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 greatest resource that you actually contribute is your time, your thoughts, uh, you all being here is definitely what makes us great. So much love to all of you here in the crusade, all of you pathfinders here in the ashes of creation community. Um, keep in mind, you can uh, check out the show Twitter here, which is at ashes pathfinder on Twitter. You can add that to catch every time this goes live. Um, also uh, ashes pathfinders at Gmail. If you want to shoot us a message, um, you can join the Discord, which is discord.gg forward slash Simorg, my name, uh, which is the uh, community here. Uh, we have a channel. I'm actually uh, creating an Ashes Pathfinder channel uh, for show discussion, specific questions and kind of like conversation. Um, but there is a Ashes of Creation specific channels there. Um, you can also catch us live here Sunday, 5 p.m. CDT. You can do a call in at 1539-664-6801. And uh, yeah, gentlemen, please. Let everybody know your domains, where you reign, where they can find you if they want to come catch up with you. Daedalus. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Ashen Herald. You can Facebook. find me on Twitch, Peso108, and on Twitter, uh, Bagel108. Yeah, and <laughs> Wondering Mist. You can find me on my YouTube channel, which is Wandering Mist on YouTube. I'm also active on the Ashes official forums and the Ashes official Discord. If you're struggling finding my YouTube channel, go on, uh, right-click on my name on the Discord, click Profile, and it's all linked there. I think that goes for all of us as well. That's an easy way to find our true. stuff. It should all be linked via Discord. True, true. And everybody, big shout-out to all of you, man. Seriously, you Pathfinders are freaking amazing. And uh, you're really what makes the show, whether you're on it or you're here in chat or watching later, doesn't matter. I'll be having this up every 24 hours after this show goes live. You will find it up um, in audio format the same night on iTunes and Spotify or YouTube by tomorrow night, 24 hours later. Everybody have a great night, great evening and great rest of your week. If I don't see you on looking for them on Thursday or any of the other po uh, live streams, I will see you live next sunday 5 p.m cdt have a great weekend and week everyone see you soon bye